Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I'm super excited because we're going to start to do some short series that are focused on particular aspects of your entrepreneurial life. In this short series, the first one that we're doing is all focused around wellness. Wellness, self-care, all that kind of good stuff. Because we know that if we don't look after ourselves, we're more likely to suffer from burnout. And as entrepreneurs, business owners, we're so often putting everything else in front of, ahead of our sleep, our health, our stress levels, our nutrition. And that's what we need to get a handle of because we know that when our bodies are at their best, our performance is at its best. And there's one thing we want to do so that we can live a fulfilling life. It's to be high performing, but so that we can still spend the best amount of time living our lives. In this first session, we're going to be talking to Anthea McCourtney all about nutrition. We've got a session coming up all about tapping and how we can reduce our stress and get more present using tapping techniques. And we're also going to talk about sleep in this series. So join me for this next three-part series. Let me know how you feel, what your comments are. You can head over to the blog. It's suparker.io. And you can also hit the review and subscribe so that we know whether you are loving these new episodes in these short series. Lots more like this to come. Today, I'm joined by Anthea McCourty. This one is all about your nutrition, your fitness, your strength, and how it affects your mind and the way that you perform in your business and in your life. Anthea is a registered nutritional therapist. She's a personal trainer, a yoga alliance, a registered teacher, a trail runner, a climber, a pole enthusiast, but she's also a cook and recipe writer. She's launching the podcast Action Woman very soon, so she'll be sharing even more great tips about how you can build your strength, build your confidence, build your fitness and be more nutritionally aware. Because we all know that when we feed ourselves with good food and we do the right exercise, we can affect our mind because there is such a relationship between the mind and body that allows you to perform at your absolute best. So there are so many tips in this episode. I hope you will grab your notebook. You will be raring to go at the end of this with some actions to really improve your nutrition and your fitness so that you can really improve your results. Anthea, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm really excited for this one because this is an area I know nothing about, but I would like to think that I'm relatively good at it. Um, I'm really keen on the mind-body connection and that whole confidence piece. And I know this is fundamental to the work you do. So um, it's probably really good if we just sort of set the scene with how did you become a transformational coach and get so interested in nutrition and fitness and all of the, the wide variety of things that you know now? Okay, great. Well, thank you for that. Um, so I like a lot of teenagers, was uh, very obsessed with looking a certain way. And um, I started to diet. Um, I was obsessed with calorie counting. My, ca- my calorie knowledge was probably phenomenal. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I wasn't very happy doing it. And um, it was actually when I was in my mid-20s that I started getting really interested in sort of what, what foods could do, um, even though I sort of cringe at her approach now. I think it was Dr. Gillian McKeith. Um, mm. I don't think we're allowed to call her doctor. You know, she was quite extreme on TV, mm. but it did sort of pique my interest. I thought, well, actually, there's something in this, like, you know, what foods can do for us. So I went back to uni. So I'd sort of done economics first time around after school, didn't do anything with that. Went back to uni, did a nutritional therapy degree. Um, 
started working part-time as a nutritional therapist. And then I, yeah, I sort of got bored with the gym, um, decided that I needed to do things that were much more playful um, and, uh, and sort of tapping into my childhood fun. So, you know, I, I went back into martial arts. I trained as a personal trainer um, which was great because I could then offer that to my clients. But over time, I just sort of realized just how much everything is linked. So um, I thought, you know, rather than just offering, offering nutritional support, you know, I could combine the two. And actually, I sort of realized over time that everything just does work together. There's no sort of chicken and egg. Um, well, I should say it is a chicken and egg situation because the more that people can um, get to appreciate their bodies, the more everything kind of follows on for that. The more you start to love your body, the more that you're going to treat it um, in, in a way that shows that love by, by nourishing yourself. Yeah. So let's talk more about that appreciating your body because I, you know, I think all of us are guilty of looking in the mirror or comparing ourselves to others mm-hmm. and these perfect pictures on the magazines of these perfect airbrush bodies and thinking, oh, well, mine doesn't look like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how can I feel confident in, in my body? How can I show up? So in my case, you know, it might be, I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of public speaking. And when you have those days where you don't feel body confident, it can be hard sometimes to get up on stage and want to address people. Um, nice thing about the pandemic was you got to hide behind a camera. So <laughs> you can sort of almost ignore what you look like to a certain degree. But let's talk more about, the, you know, that importance of, you know, appreciating your body and what it can do, because I think you talk a lot about how this affects your confidence and how, and, and perhaps even some stories of people. Yeah, so actually, um, that sort of sense of appreciating your body actually came from my clients, and I realised from my own journey. Um, so when I was doing the martial arts, it was very physical. I was training fourteen hours a week, um, and it was because it was fun. I loved it, and then everything else that sort of changed in my body was like a wonderful byproduct. And with my clients. Um, you know, we'd be making the nutritional changes. They'd be progressing in in terms of their goals. But whenever I'd sort of check in with them, so how are things going? The first things that they'd say to me is, I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling so much more confident. Um, you know, my friends have noticed this change about me, which is just fantastic. And actually, I sort of realized we, you know, spend so much time on thinking, oh, when I look like this, I'm going to feel a million dollars or whatever. And um, actually, once you can start to appreciate what your body does, you do carry yourself differently. And I think we're so, in a sense, we're so removed from that in modern lifestyles because we don't have to be that physical. And so, um, you know, everything is sort of quite artificial in, in how we sort of get our fitness. But I think, you know, once you can actually discover what your body's capable of, that can be a massive boost. And I just see that in, in so many clients that really surprise themselves. And I, I love that sense of surprise when, you know, they'll, they'll pick up a weight and, oh, this is really heavy. And then, you know, I'm like, OK, two weeks ago you picked up that one and you, and you thought it was really heavy. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's it's a very powerful mind switch for people. Yeah. And you've seen that play out as people have done this, I've, you know, that feeling of, and, and you do, and you've done exercise. I mean, you're making me think of two, two things here. So 
one you were sort of talking about how modern life means we don't have to be physical so it's all quite forced and yeah. someone said to me you know if you go to the far east in china they know how to use their body they bend more they squat more they've got more strength core strength and it's all because you know we get to school and at five year old five years old you're sat in a chair at a yeah. desk where's the movement there's like you say, it's a scheduled activity. It's very forced. And certainly as you become an adult and you spend eight and a half hours a day at a desk, mm. you know, if you're in a desk job, then it's, you know, it's pretty easy. I, I know right now I'm at a stand-up desk because um, I'm pregnant. Yeah. So sitting down can be uncomfortable for after a long time. You feel like you need to stretch out. Yeah. Um, actually, what I'm noticing is when I'm, when I'm on my stand-up desk, I'm like paddling my feet a bit more. I move around in on yeah. the spot. So um, you know, it's all about finding those sorts of ways, I suppose, to incorporate in a, a normal day. But then something else just made me think of it is you, you talked about people feeling stronger and more confident. And then I was thinking Tony Robbins has always taught that to change your state, do some exercise, do some yes. you know, like like me, you're very big on self-development and you yeah. are <laughs> on it just as much as I am. So um, I definitely want to carry that conversation on. It's really nice to find somebody on the same wavelength. <laughs> but it sounds like your clients experience exactly that when you work with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said from the age of five. Like we are taught to sit down. And, um, you know, before I went full time into what I was doing, I was working in office job. And uh, I, during the pandemic, I, I did some temping work. Um, in an office and it was it was such a shock and I just realized by the end of the day even though I was constant constantly up and down there was something really draining energy wise about being sat down so often um that I just yeah and I just kind of encourage clients you know if they are in that situation to just get up and move because it really does bring that energy up. I know if, if like this morning I, I sort of woke up I'm not great with seasonal changes and I thought, well, I'm going to get to the climbing gym now so I was there for about an hour because I I know that to actually be able to sit down and, and, and work I need to to expend my energy and yeah like, like Tony Robbins says you know you've, you've got to change your state by just getting moving yeah. what, what would be your like top three recommended types of exercise or things to just get moving if you're if you're like that desk sitter if you're like reluctant or it's just not part of your routine it feels unnatural at first well, what would you say people can do or should do so I think oh, that's that's a really good one so I think actually really overrated but walking and walking outside um is so important if you've got a common forest near you that's like a double whammy you know getting outside you're getting your vitamin d um although you probably still need to supplement in the winter um but you know being in being around greenery is, is a mental uplift but actually there's a lot of um physiological benefits to that as well um strength building that is so so underrated especially for women um especially for women i know that there's quite a um there's quite a variety of body of so-called aspirational body shapes now. And uh, like, you know, I, I favor a more sort of lean muscular look. Um, you know, that would be my sort of aesthetic if, if that's, you know, what my goals were. Um, but I think, you know, strength training isn't just about building muscle. It's not about looking toned or it's so important for us women, especially to build bone strength Um you know, to, to prevent age-related muscle loss. It, it sort of makes things easier down the line. So just really simple things like squats, yeah. 
um, you know, working towards press ups is so good. So many women that I work with have quite weak wrists. Um, so it's something that you can sort of build up really gradually, even against a wall coming down to um, a, a desk level. And that's really important. And then the other thing I would oh, be tossed between these two. So something that's really encouraging flexibility, whether that's quite um, a chilled yoga class, whether it's something more dynamic, as, as I was saying to you um, before, you know, I love my pole fitness, um, you know, flexibility again is so important especially for us we get older and it just you move more comfortably like you were saying you know in 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 the far east people just move their bodies differently um you know if we can loosen up our hips and we can just move around much more comfortably and then the other thing is to find something that's just exciting for you where you can learn a new skill have a social side whatever kind of other needs need to be met um like for me I need something that's social I need to feel like I'm learning something um I need a little bit of competition so you know I'll do different activities like pole and climbing that will kind of fulfill those needs so I think yeah you need to look at physically what's good for your body so that that cardio doesn't have to be intense strength building but also what you need mentally that kind of fun aspect that challenge you know I think I think those are important yeah that's a really good point because I know so many times the reluctance is that it feels like it's hard work and a new, any new habit feels hard anyway yeah. uh, if you haven't then got a running club to go to or like I, I saw the flexibility you got on your um on your social media page <laughs> about your pole dancing is just incredible <laughs> um but I, it did look so fun it looked like you could you tell everybody there was having so much fun and I know you do a lot of yoga and training and the you know um is it kickboxing as well I used to do, yeah, Thai boxing, yeah. Thai boxing, yeah. So, you know, it just looked fun, but at the same time, I could imagine if this is new, you you need that sort of motivational boost and having that social thing or just knowing, I suppose, what, what sets you alike. I'm super um, keen on green walking in green spaces. Um, mm-hmm. I have this thing where it just gets the creative ideas flowing again. If yeah. You know, when you're having a bit of a writer's block or, you know, you just – you just can't seem to lift your mood. I just find walking in green spaces, no matter what yeah. the reason, um, it's just just a massive mood lifter. Yeah, I've I've recently, you know, I've recently got back into that. As weird as it sounds, and I love my trail running, I've always hated walking. Like, really hated walking for the sake of walking, unless it's somewhere. And I think for me as well, I had a tough lockdown. Um, I hurt my back at the start of lockdown, so when everyone was discovering running, I couldn't run. Um, and so I've, I've kind of let that go now because I'd, I'd hate walking around the park, but, you know, I obviously needed to get out when, when we could. But now I do, yeah, to get the creative juices flowing, I love that kind of just walking around a park, just letting ideas come to you. I think it's, yeah, really powerful. Well, for a few months we did this, uh, like, team walk, and it was about sort of generating ideas between us, so it got everybody out away from the office mm-hmm. It was an alternative to sitting in a room and talking about what the solution should be. We just get out on a walk. It was amazing how sort of people's like inhibitions sort of left them. So no longer were they worried about you saying, no, that's a silly idea. Or there were actually people coming to the table with new ideas while we're out on this walk that not not normally would contribute. So, yeah, I'm a massive believer in it. Like you said, there's lots of I guess um, we've, we've talked a lot about 
exercise and moving your body mm. your body confident and and loads of examples but i guess that kind of comes hand in hand with the nutrition side of things it's all very well doing that but if i'm gonna go yeah. big fat mcdonald's and exercise <laughs> at lunch then i'm probably gonna a undo all the work and i'm probably not gonna feel very confident at the end of that because we all know when yeah. we've eaten a big meal or we've binged on a little bit too much chocolate you just start you, your confidence does drop again you know it's yes. like sugar sugars and all the rest of it so um i guess I noticed on your website, you've got some fantastic recipes and things on the nutrition side. So I guess what would you say to people if they're not sure about whether they're eating healthy enough, well enough, and, and perhaps even some examples of, you know, you talked about calorie watching in your earlier, mm. like the damage that sort of dieting yes, has yeah. to your relationship with food. Because, you know, I, I try and encourage myself and my kids to have a really good relationship with food, preferably healthy, but yeah, I don't want them to think like eating is bad. So exactly. it's, like, it's that balance, isn't it? Yeah. So, I, you know, when you're looking at social media, I think like everything else in life now, things are so binary and um, you've kind of got these really extreme approaches um, on social media. And I think it can be quite overwhelming for people. Um, you know, most of my clients are coming to me with, with a history of trying different diets and they're just like, I don't know what to what to eat. Um, so I think, you know, one of the most important things is to actually just get an understanding of, um, you know, what different foods can do for you. I'm, I'm really big on um, the idea of empowerment when it comes to nutrition. Yes, I can provide meal plans, but I want clients to understand why we're doing certain things. So I think the more that you can learn, um, the better, because just having a sense of how you're nourishing your body is such an empowering confidence boosting feeling um that i think you know really switching the focus on what you're going to include in your meals is a totally different mind shift to right i've got x amount of calories i've got this out this out this out and also if you're looking at food as numbers then it's a very distorted approach um it's a very miserable existence and um you know foods have foods carry information for our bodies so you know not all calories are equal um and also the whole calorie model is very flawed um so i think you know for me some of the biggest shifts that i can make is just moving people away from that getting them to focus yes on portion sizes but in a very kind of um realistic way so that you're in a restaurant and you can sort of use visual guides and you think right I have this I have that I'll get an extra side of vegetables you know to fill up half my plate um so I think you know just making small changes as well practical steps that you can do yeah just really focusing on um on, on positive things to include taking that shift away from well I can't have this I shouldn't have that so much judgment that we put on food as well. And, you know, if you're judging what's on your plate, then of course you're going to be judging, you know, your body and, and everything else. So, you know, yes, food has a huge impact, but I think, you know, overall, if you can take an 80, 20 approach where 80% of the time you, you try and be as, as sort of, you know, nourishing as possible, but you've got that 20% leeway that, you know, you can have a piece of chocolate cake and not feel, oh my gosh, you know, what have I done? Um, so yeah, I just, I just think just shifting um, your attitude to food can be very, very effective. That's really sound. I've never heard of that, but you're right. We do focus on what I can't have. Mm. But you're saying instead focus on what you can have. 
And it's that thing, yeah. isn't it? We feel like we can't have something. We feel like we've lost control. Choice has been taken away from us. I don't like this, you know, even yeah. naturally, you know, that goes against human human need to have yeah. that amount of control to say in, to say instead, well, what can I have on my plate? What can, What is healthy and how can I have that balance? Yeah, that's a really positive way of having that relationship. I feel like this is probably going to be quite timely because we're going into winter, aren't we? And what notoriously happens during winter, yes. <laughs> grab for the comfort food and, yes. and yeah. then we run up to Christmas, binge probably too much. And I guess yes. maybe now would be a good time. You know, podcast, you know, is going going out in quarter four. So it's really useful for people to know if I'm approaching Christmas, and normally I might binge and put on an extra stone and then get after Christmas and realize I ate too, you know, too many tins of quality streets and <laughs> too much wine on <laughs> oh, me good. right now, obviously, um, <laughs> various other things, you know, and you get to the other side and like, oh, I've got to like, exercise and address my diet and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That can feel quite overwhelming. And I guess, you know, was there anything you'd say to people now so that they don't end up the other side of Christmas in that situation? What do you, how do you maintain it? Yeah, that's that's, that's a good question because, yeah, quite often December just becomes this free-for-all slide. (laughs) So, you know, part of the the sort of ethos of making small changes is that I really try and move people away from an all-or-nothing approach. And I find come December time, we we tend to do that. So I think, you know, there are some simple pragmatic things. I say simple, but, you know, sounds simple, but actually, you know, there can be really effective big habit changes So the first thing I would say is really focus on getting a blood sugar balancing meal um, in each meal. Because I won't get too technical on this, but our blood blood sugar levels fluctuate, especially with um, refined carbohydrates, you know, things like white rice, white bread, pasta, et cetera. Um, And uh, those can cause real fluctuations and they can affect um, our hunger levels. Um, They can affect insulin release, which really sort of contributes to, to weight gain if we've got you know, constant insulin release. So insulin basically takes sugar out of the bloodstream into cells. We use it for energy. And then, you know, if there's been a sugar surge, insulin gets thrown out because the body panics, we get too much sugar taken away, and then we get these energy crashes. So, you know, you can go on this roller coaster. And um, so if we can balance that out with healthy fats, things like avocados, olives, extra virgin olive oil, make that your absolute go-to oil nuts and seeds as well, and then your protein foods, so meat, poultry, fish, um, some beans um, and lentils as well. The reason I'm saying this is because if you can get blood sugar balancing meals for breakfast, lunch and dinner, then you can ditch the snacks. So that in itself can be a huge difference. I've got a lady who went, she did my free reset challenge that I did a seven-day challenge at the end of June, and she's carried on um, with the membership program that I developed after that. So from end of June to now, she's lost nine kilos by ditching the snacks. Um, and, you know, weight loss it wasn't even a, the main focus for her. So that can make a really huge difference. Plus, ditching the snacking can make it much easier to resist the temptation in the office, the quality street, when you're going to make your cup of tea or coffee. Um, So actually, you know, even though it sounds like quite a strict set of guidelines, but actually just having your meals, ditching the snacks can make things a lot more manageable. So that's one of the main things um, that I would say. Um, And then, yeah, just just being mindful um, 
in, in how you're eating, you know, taking your time. If you are going to have a treat, sit down, enjoy it. Quickly munching by the fridge doesn't negate what you're doing. You're not even enjoying it. If it's, you know, if it is a, a piece of chocolate or whatever, then, then consciously sit down, enjoy it. And uh, that takes that guilt and, you know, that sort of binging side out of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, definitely. Snacking is, is the big one. But if you're not hungry all the time because you've not got these, you know, like you say, these blood sugar yeah. and dips from your refined carbs and your poor diet anyway, then it's not going to happen. So that's going to help you to control it. And yeah, I, I 100% sounds great to just just don't fall off the bandwagon completely all the way through. Yeah. And then for the meals as well. For the meals as well, actually really focusing on what good things that you're going to include. So, you know, making sure that you've got, I always say have half a plate of veggies in each meal. A bit more difficult to do for breakfast, but it can be done. You can have a piece of fruit with your breakfast or, you know. um, But actually, yeah, if you keep that focus on filling up with the nourishing foods, then, yeah, you've got that little bit of leeway to have treats. But, you know, one of the worst things that people can do is think, right, I've got my work Christmas do dinner, so that's going to be a big one. So I'm not going to have lunch today um, because it doesn't work like that. So still eat your healthy foods, but enjoy your treats in moderation. Yeah, yeah. Bonus, still focus on that and getting those nutrients in. Yeah. And I would imagine by by changing your diet up like that anyway, you're more focused. You know, we we know blood sugar levels affect the brain. Mm. So, you know, keeping focused and keeping productive, you know, instead of having those those lull moments after lunch when you've eaten too many carbs and you just want to sit down and sleep. So yes, yeah, it sounds great. Um, right. I'm going to move on to the quick fire round. This is where I'm going to fire some questions at you to find out what our listeners should be reading or listening to at the moment. So um, your first question is what is the book by your bedstand at the moment or on your audio? Um, that's how you listen to it. So I've actually got a couple of rotation at the moment. I've got um, Life Force by Tony Robbins. Uh-huh fascinated in his sort of deeper dive into you know what what's possible um and i've got what else have i been listening to i i change quite frequently <laughs> so i have been also listening to dave asprey fast this way because i'm really quite big into intermittent fasting um at the moment so oh and also tosha silver it's not your money so she's um she might be a little bit woo woo for some but uh yeah it's, I've not heard of her, so I will definitely have a little check of that one. And I'll pop the link from this podcast uh, on the episode notes for anybody who didn't catch those. Um, and then what podcast are you listening to or do you listen to most regularly? Okay, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm a podcast junkie. So favourite ones of mine, I love Lisa Billiou, um and Tom Billiou, uh Lewis Howes. Um, I like any kind of podcast that leave me feeling buoyed up and, um, and, and motivated. So, yeah. And um, I, I like uh, Paul McKenna. Um, he does these positivity podcasts as well. So they're sort of the main ones on rotation. And then if I really want to just um, switch off of development mode, then I do love true crime. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. that's interesting. Yeah. One. Um, yeah, that one's that one's booming. That one is. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit too sensitive for that. <laughs> uh, but I'm a lover of Lewis House and I actually got to meet him earlier this year. So <gasps> Did you? I, 
Yes, and I couldn't believe it. Like I'd, um, I met him and I met, remember meeting a group of friends like a few days later and I was like, I met Lewis Harris and they were like, who's that? And I thought, I can't believe you're not listening to the school of greatness. Was he lovely? Was he as lovely? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it was all about reflecting on, on three questions um, about what gratitude is very much about life. Gratitude. Yes. He owes a lot to gratitude for his mm. appreciation and love for the people around him. Oh. Uh, now, I'm not a very soppy, lovey kind of person. <laughs> Anybody who listens to my podcast knows I'm very much a, I'm a, I'm a doer and I, <laughs> I can do all that kind yes. of stuff. But when it comes to thoughts and feelings, I don't express them very often. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was really quite, really quite beautiful what he said. And it, it's made me think many times. Do I like thank my husband enough and appreciate the things he does? And uh, do I thank the kids when they help out enough? Am I making a big enough deal? And I kind of do this praise thing. It's made me more, yeah. made me more conscious. He made, he's made me more conscious of whether I'm appreciative of other people. So, oh, that's brilliant. I also have the biggest crush on Lewis House as well. Who <laughs> 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 I'll probably be quite giddy. <laughs> I think half the room of women were. <laughs> um, and then um, final one is, what is your big uh, lift me up song? The one that makes you feel like you can take on the world and do anything. Right. So I go through phases with this. At the moment, it's healthy. I'm not a woman. I'm a God. Um, love that. It's kind of, it's like a little bit of an angry vibe behind it, but it's very empowering. Um, so I love that. And um I do like Taylor Swift. I did something bad. Um, there's some of her songs that I just, yeah, that I, I really, I really like. I have kind of hype songs um, from a martial arts background. Um, you know, the, the fighters would go on and they'd have their walkout songs. I always used to give such thought to my walkout songs. And on days, if I'm, you know, really struggling to get out for a run or something, then I'll have my kind of pre-running playlist, my, my hype playlist. So, yeah, there's, there's quite a few different things. That's brilliant. We've got um, Shake It Off for Taylor Swift in our house. So good. My daughter, she would just she would just be walking around the living room, shaking it off. And you can almost feel that although it's, you know, it's like metaphorically, she's just dusting off whatever is yeah. that, that day. And I find it really, really works. Yeah. <laughs> um, so by, finally, before we say goodbye, it's probably worth saying to our listeners, how can they find out more about your work, um, your membership, your programs um, and your upcoming podcast? So how can we connect with you? Brilliant. So um, on Instagram is where I am mainly. So um, my handle there is at you. So Y-O-U dot by dot Anthea. Um, also my website is www. I don't need to say that, do I? It's youbyanthea.co.uk. And um, yeah, if you if you head on there, you'll find the link to um to the membership group. Um, any, you know, anything that you want to reach out, just DM me. I'm always, I'm always on uh, on social. So I'm quite happy to respond, send any links. But yeah, if you head to the website, you'll find um, you'll find the direct links to, to jump into the membership. Um, it's, it's a really cool little community that I'm building up there. So, you know, covering nutrition, fitness, lifestyle challenges there as well. Um, and then the podcast, um, which will hopefully be launched by the time this comes out, is um, Action Women. So 
with that, I'm carrying on the theme of unleashing um, your confidence through taking action. So um, very much self-development based, but with a real emphasis on what actions you can take. Fantastic action women. I'm so looking forward to that one. And it absolutely will be ready because you and I are both on the same track. Yes. And I'm looking forward to having you join me <laughs> on our podcast, The Waterfall. So it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm loving being on this journey with you. So just a quick recap that's you by Anthea.co.uk. I'll make sure the link's underneath, but definitely go and check it out and all the social links as well for Anthea on that page. Anthea, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been really insightful. So Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it.